Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that Al-Qaeda is a threat, because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda, you said Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back, because you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. Well, that didn't age well. Oh, my gosh. That soundbite didn't age well at all. That was back in 2012. Oh, Biden got in on this as well. Governor Romney's answer, I thought, was incredibly revealing. He acts like he thinks the Cold War is still on. Russia is still our major adversary. I don't know where he's been. I mean, we have disagreements with Russia, but they're united with us on Iran. The only way we're getting, one of only two ways we're getting material into Afghanistan or our troops is through Russia. They are working closely with us. They've just said to Europe, if there is an oil shutdown in any way in the Gulf, they'll consider increasing oil supplies to Europe. That's not, this is not 1956. You think they'll they'll increase oil supplies after we put some sanctions on them and stuff? And of course, Biden announcing that we're moving uh, troops into defensive positions. Here's Romney's initial comment where he nailed the threat geopolitically that Russia posed to the world. This is to Russia. This is, without question, our number one geopolitical foe. They, they fight every uh, uh, cause for the world's worst actors. The, the idea that he has some more flexibility in mind for Russia is very, very troubling indeed. Well, you think Russia is a bigger foe right now than, let's say, Iran? Oh, oh, oh I got to stop here for a second because that, that, I remember this, like, this was kind of funny in the Trump when Trump was running for office and everybody was saying that he was a um, he was a Russian agent. And I, I, I remember flashing back to, to what Romney is referencing there is during Obama's first term, there was some sort of summit where he and Putin got together and uh, on a hot mic. Obama was caught leaning over and kind of patting Putin on the knee saying, hey, man, after this election, this re-election is over, I'll have more flexibility with you. And and, and it just, it, I don't know why, but just listening back to this bite, that's the moment that Romney was referencing to. Uh, it just, it brought back memories from the whole, like, Trump is a Russian agent and all that bull crap. But anyway, I'll, I'll on or China or North Korea. Is that or, or, is that what you're suggesting, Governor? Well, I'm saying in terms of a geopolitical opponent, the nation that lines up with the world's worst actors. Of course, the greatest threat that the world faces is a nuclear Iran. 
uh, and nuclear North Korea is already troubling enough. But when these uh, these terrible actors pursue uh, their course uh, uh, in the world and we go to the United Nations looking for ways to stop them, when when Assad, for instance, is murdering his own people, uh, we go we go to the United Nations. And who is it that always stands up for the world's worst actors? It is always Russia, uh, typically with China alongside. Yeah, they, they've been given too much power at the United Nations, for one thing. But in a way, I think the world is maybe learning its lesson here. I look at this a little differently than I think a lot of people do, maybe. Um, first of all, must my biggest concern, and probably yours as well, I mean, I don't speak for you, but speak for yourself. Text us directly, 57739, 57739. Start off with Leland and just end it with a first name. Um, the biggest concern that I have is how is this going to affect the United States economically, and it is going to affect the U.S. economically because we have dumbasses running our country right now, and they've already set us up to be on the precipice of economic failure as a result of bad policy for the last couple of years, but not just that bad policy for the last couple of years, but specifically the last year, very bad policy. Remember, one of the the biggest fallouts for this action, whatever it is. I mean, what's happened is that Putin has moved his troops into eastern Ukraine. Uh, the U.S. is calling that an invasion. Invasion. I imagine if Mexico or Canada, if Canada were to put, you know, a brigade or two of troops inside of northern Montana, we'd call that an invasion. If Mexico were to put a brigade of troops uh, inside, you know, California or Arizona, we'd call that an invasion. So, I, I mean, I think that's probably a correct analysis. Now, are they full on invading the country just yet? Right now, they're calling themselves peacekeepers because there's a bunch of false flag stuff going on. Anyway, that's a bunch of details we don't necessarily need to get into the weeds on. But let's let's just put it where it's at. Russia's parking its forces just across the border of of eastern Ukraine. The fallout from this is that we are going to respond <clears throat> with sanctions of some sort. And who knows what else? I mean, right now that it's I'm trying to get a read on it. And we're going to talk to my buddy Scott Jennings from CNN in the 3 o'clock hour. He's a lot closer to the people that are pulling levers of power in D.C. And I want to get a read on where this might go. But the immediate fallout is going to be high. Let's just put it this way. It's going to be higher energy prices because we get an enormous amount of energy from and through Russia. Russia controls a lot of the energy market. And we basically turn the spigots of our own energy market off. It's fascinating to me that President Biden said that he's going to use every. Well, I'll just let you listen to what he said. As we respond, my administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. But that's that's a categorical lie. I mean, I don't I don't know how else to put this calmly <laughs> in words. The FCC will let me say. That's 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 not just a categorical lie. It's demonstrably false. It's provably false. First week in office, he basically stopped allowing new drilling permits. They did it again yesterday. They they another wave of no new licenses. The day before he comes out and says, hey, guys, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep energy prices. How are you going to do that? 
Oh, that's right. I forgot. He came to Colorado and told us they were going to fix the fires with really big windmills, like big ass windmills. Like that's going to that's going to fix it. So I guess we're just going to get some big ass windmills. We didn't realize this, but Biden has had Space Force working on a massive windmill that will actually sit in space and and use solar winds to blow a big breeze down to the United States and we'll pull all the power off of it to run our country and our grid. What are these tools that Biden is using? As we respond, my administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. As I said last week, defending freedom will have cost for us as well and here at home. We need to be honest about that. But as we will do but as we do this, I'm going to take robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at a Russian economy, not ours. Okay, and you're going to do so 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 we're going to right like it or not. This this is why it's important to go back to what Romney said in 2012. It is true that in 2012, Russia was not a a threat per se in terms of like they're going to invade the United States. They were at that time, and I think still are, vastly inferior to United States military capabilities, etc. You know who's not now? China. They're slightly inferior in terms of military capability. But there are other areas where they can make that up. But that's beside the point, kind of. Russia in 2012 was a lot more inferior than it is now, although it is still very inferior to the United States. But that doesn't make it not a threat to its neighbors, and it doesn't make it not a threat to the sort of geopolitical order in the world. Now, I... I hate war, and I think that we've sort of brought a lot of this instability in the globe on on ourselves by getting involved in smaller countries' business. And, and essentially what the United States did is we went around whipping smaller countries' asses, and now we're trying to tell you know, Russia they can't do that. And there's a lot of geopolitical reasons why it's a good idea that they don't do this and why – you know, we don't want them invading Ukraine. But the point is, we have no political capital here when it comes to this. So this really comes down to the worldview of Russia versus Europe slash NATO slash the United States, right? And who do you see lining up with the worldview that Russia says? Russia claims to be a democracy, but they're clearly not. Putin is an old holdover from KGB. Putin is a totalitarian. He kills his enemies. They've already put out a kill list of people they're going to kill in the United in the Ukraine. Um, once they get done taking it over, it's pretty much a done deal. He's going to do this, right? And then what are we going to do? Are we going to have a hot war in Europe? It's possible. Fox News reported on this. NATO says Russia planning full-scale attack in Kiev warns real risk of full-blown war in Europe. Why? Because Europe is terrified. Because Europe sees what Romney said in 2012. Europe knows that Russia is not, is a geopolitical foe with a completely opposite worldview than they have with regards to how to run governments. And they're right on each other's doorstep. And and Russia's mad because, you know, the Ukraine wants NATO admission. There's been some flirting with that possibly happening. That feels like an encroachment on Russia's territory. They're going to flex their muscles here. Now, where this goes, I don't know. 
According to Fox News, the Secretary General's comments come just one day after Russian President Vladimir Putin first announced his decision to recognize the independence of two Russian-backed breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine and then ordered peacekeeping troops into the Donbass region. That's essentially what we were talking about with this moving troops into that portion of the country. They have over 150,000 troops there. Quote, Moscow has now moved from covert attempts to destabilize Ukraine to overt military action. The NATO are forward deployed in combat formations. They are out of their camps in the field and ready to strike. Stonenberg uh, plotted immediate moves by nations like Germany, the UK, and the U.S. financial institutions tied to the Kremlin and said NATO will continue to help defend Ukraine by providing military equipment and sustained financial support. This is where it comes to could we potentially get into a hot war right here? Well, the Ukraine is not a member of NATO. So we're not obligated to do anything, but we will do something because there are forces that would like Ukraine to be a part of NATO. And strategically, if we were in a stronger position and we were playing a game of risk on the battlefield, this might actually be a good move if we were in a stronger position. But we're not. We're in a weak position. Why are we in a weak position? Because we have a a feckless, useless president and White House. And we have a that has that has led us to the brink of economic collapse by trying to win it or successfully winning an election by fake shutting down businesses that didn't need to be shut down by taking advantage of a pandemic. And now we're literally on economic death's door. We're not in a position to exert the kind of power we might have otherwise been in a position to exert. And again, I come from this thinking like I don't even like any of this stuff because I don't like war. I think it's dumb. But we we have to break down like what is actually happening here. So if we're providing and NATO is providing, which is what if European countries are providing military support to Ukraine, that means NATO is providing it. Nobody they're not giving them squat that we don't give them permission to give to. We run NATO. We fund NATO, blah, blah, blah. That was one of the things I loved about Trump was that he came in and was like, hey, guess what? You guys need to start ponying up some money here because the U.S. has basically built NATO and, you know, We want to take a break for a little while, take a breather. You guys pay for your own lunch for a little bit. So a little bit of that happened, but we still we still run the thing. And and there's there's nothing given to NATO members that's given to Ukraine without the U.S.'s blessing. So clearly we're supporting in that way. That's where you could get into a hot entanglement in Europe, because if any of this spills over beyond Ukraine's borders, and it very easily could, because if, if, if Putin says, hey, you know, and I don't think Putin would do this because I think he knows that he's militarily inferior but here's where you can have a world war three okay here's where you could have a potential world war three putin is definitely inferior to the united states and i would say great britain in terms of military force but putin slash china slash iran would be a lot better uh, would be a lot bigger of an alliance for us to have to deal with than just the United States versus Russia or just the you know just Great Britain or NATO versus Russia. And that's where you could see this whole thing kind of spilling outside these borders, right? Because if we're giving a bunch of military aid to the Ukraine, and the Ukraine's got its problems. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm, che- I'm, I'm not a cheerleader for Ukraine. I'm kind of neutral on this, right? Because I would love to see another democracy. I would love to see a pro-Western democracy truly emerge. But the Ukraine's got its own political problems and political corruption. So not, let's not sit back and act like it's some great little actor. But it's a, I guess you could say it's a fledgling, up-and-coming, potentially could 
if left alone, blossom into a, a first world type democracy, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Certainly not going to happen when Russia invades it and takes it over. And then what are we going to do? Are we going to are we going to go to war with Russia over this little country? What really is going to be our interest in this? These are all questions we have to ask. Meanwhile, President Biden, I think, is enjoying a, a moment here. Right. He's got a moment here. Never underestimate the wag the dog aspect of war rate, war and saber rattling. Never underestimate it. Never underestimate the joy that the White House is feeling, the elation that the White House is feeling, that we're all focused on this right now and not some of the stupidity and boneheaded moves they've made in the past. Now, hope, hopefully blame will fall where it, where it belongs because when Russia invades Ukraine fully and we have a hot war in that situation and now we're, to- we're toying with getting involved in it to some extent and Grant it, understand that the military-industrial complex loves this. But when this all happens and the fallout becomes much higher gas prices and much higher energy prices, in already a situation where those prices are escalating, in an America where we have 10% year-over-year inflation almost, brace yourself is what I'm trying to say. Crap could get sideways very, very quickly. Um, But this administration thinks that this is a big distraction from all of that. And I hope that it's not. I hope that people will remain focused on what the real story is here and that we have a feckless president who's about to get us potentially, potentially into some kind of hot conflict with with Russia, who at at the very least. Somewhat recently, at least in geopolitical terms, was mocking the idea that Russia was any kind of threat. So it's fascinating to watch all of this evolve. Um, I had some more audio I wanted to play from Biden here. Um, let me go. Let me go back to this one here again. He's using every tool, and I, and I noticed that he didn't take any questions in this. I, I wouldn't call this a press conference because he didn't take any questions. So no one was allowed to ask what tools are those. As we respond. My administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. As I said last week, defending freedom will have cost for us as well and here at home. We need to be honest about that. But as- so, so why are we defending freedom? How, how, how are we defending freedom? Defending a small, corrupt, quasi-democracy from a really big oligarchy? That's defending freedom? I mean, we kind of have to ask ourselves the same questions. Remember, Obama and Obama and Biden wanted to get us out of Afghanistan until they were in power, and then Trump did it, and then they did it wrong, and now we're going to go get into a hot war with Russia. I mean, what the scratch your head on this one? We'll continue. Much more to talk about today. Six thirty K. How Denver's talk station with Lucky Landslots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some fascinating side notes on this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. Uh, 
Putin of Russia basically gave this weird speech today where or might have been yesterday, but he was basically given this reason why he was going to invade. Right. It was basically Ukraine doesn't have the right to exist. This is historically Russian land. And he said that it was stolen from the Russian Empire and has since fallen into the hands of neo-Nazis and corrupt puppets controlled by the West, which I think is kind of funny where Putin basically getting in on the woke train, you know, like like, uh, yeah, he's America, the the West, they're racist. <laughs> you know, it's just like what? Um, Some texts on this topic. Uh, you can text the show directly. Five, seven, seven, three, nine, five, seven, seven, three, nine. James writes, Leland, actually, if Mexico put a brigade of troops into Texas, Arizona or California, the Biden administration would call it voters. Um, that's James. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of funny. I, I used the analogy. I said, if Canada put a brigade of troops in Northern Montana or Mexico put a brigade of troops in, in Arizona, uh, that we would call that an invasion. And that's why this is the one thing that I might potentially agree with, with the white house is that Putin going into Eastern Ukraine is in fact an invasion. Uh, let's see. Leland, defending freedom has cost exactly why energy independence is the real freedom. Biden and co blew it. Yes. See, OK, this goes back to uh, Vice President Harris mentioned this a bit as well. But here's what the president said again. As we respond, my administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. As I said last week. Defending freedom will have cost for us as well. Okay, this is here's here's my analogy for what Biden just said. Okay, Biden has a gun on his hip. He draws the gun with poor uh, trigger finger discipline and shoots himself in the foot. Okay, that's America. We shoot ourselves in the foot. That's the first thing Biden did. He drew the gun and he shot America in the foot. By basically shutting down access to energy independence, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, shutting down uh, future drilling on federal lands, shutting down offshore drilling, all the stuff that made us energy independent under the Trump administration. He shot us in the foot. Now he's engaging in this weird tug of war with Russia over Ukraine. And I, and I want to make a point here that I, I the, the irony here is is insufferable. You have Hunter Biden's laptop revealing that not just China, but also the big guy, meaning Biden, they were in so deep with Ukrainian business. They were in so deep with Ukrainian corrupt officials. And now President Biden has us on the brink of war in Europe, defending the country that he made a bunch of bucks off of. Can you imagine... And, and, and I want to make a, a broader point here, but can you imagine the reaction of the American media apparatus if if it was, you know, Putin was under threat from somebody and Trump was, was trying to defend Russia then? I mean, because they claimed that he was some sort of troll or some sort of faux, you know, agent of Russia. And yet here we have a president who we know was deeply involved in corrupt deals in Ukraine and is now bringing us to the brink of war to defend Ukraine, who's not even a member of NATO. I mean, the irony here cannot be allowed to escape us. But there's there's a broader point here, and this is one thing why I think, yet again, everything that Biden touches turns to poo. 
everything he touches, it turns to poo. Like it's you have Goldfinger, he's the opposite. This poo finger, everything he touches turns to poo. And a perfect example of this is I think there's a lot of wag the dog aspect to this, meaning historically Americans have gotten behind a war president. If America's under threat, we go to war, we get behind whoever's sitting in office. Remember, this is why we in, this is why we launched attacks on Bosnia. Like we went into Bosnia and we did our bombing runs. That was all to distract from the uh, you know, Bill Clinton getting a cigar smoked in the White House Oval Office, okay? And it worked then, right? Bush saw a, Bush Bush too saw a massive surge of support when we went into Iraq for the second time on what turned out to be negligible intelligence. But for the time being, it served its purpose, right? Let's go to war. Same in Afghanistan. Let's go to war. By God, let's go to war and whip some ass, right? But in all of those cases, well, I don't know about Bosnia, but in the cases, it, well, you, you well, let's let's just let's just go with let's stick with Afghanistan and Iraq. At least then there was a case made for some way in which this could affect American national security. I.e., we had 9/11, and people wanted to whip some terrorist ass. What's the case there for this? There isn't one, and I think this is this is going to blow up in their faces. Everything Biden tur- touches turns to poo, and this is going to turn to poo. The American people, and and I don't pretend to speak for everyone here, but I certainly speak for myself. I want America to carry the biggest stick and walk the softest walk. I want us to be openly trading with anybody and everybody. God bless it. Let's make the world a better place by just showing through example that freedom is the best way to go. But let's trade with everybody. Let's work with everybody. Let's have a big stick. If you come mess with us, then we're going to mess with you, and it ain't going to be good. But just as long as you don't mess with us, we're going to leave you alone. Like, that's how I want us to be. And I think a lot of people are in that place right now, right? I support our troops. I, I God bless the veterans who keep us safe. But I don't want to send them to any more wars they don't need to go to. Not unless there is such an overarching, so such a clear and present danger that it must come down to sacrificing American blood and treasure and our sons and our daughters again. And I think most Americans probably agree with me, whether you're left, right, middle of the road, you're sick of it, sick of war. And I think this is going to blow up in their faces because I don't think people want any of this. Because when people start seeing high gas prices as a result of this poor diplomacy, and it is poor diplomacy, let's listen in on Vice President Kamala Harris um, and the word salads that she produced this weekend. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if if this happens? Sure. As the president talked about in his speech, um, we are aware that, again, when America stands for her principles and all of the things that we hold dear, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this. <laughs> what? What? When America stands for her principles. Don't you love it when politicians are like, I'm going to be relevant for a second. She got all excited. She's like, ah, I'm going to say something relevant. And then it just came out as like a big fat word salad that made no sense whatsoever. Are the American people ready for more costs? You just cost us our freedom for two years. 
For two years, you shut us down. For two years, you limited our freedom. For two years, you abused our children. And now you're going to come to us when rent is too damn high? When everything is a thousand times more expensive? When it's twice as hard for Americans to get by? And you're going to tell us that we have to make sacrifices to defend what principles you clearly don't understand? That's going to fall flat. Situation um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. But we are taking very specific and appropriate, I believe, mitigate what that cost might be if it happens here's what happened they're bumbling into this and it's going to cause gas prices to go super high and they just don't want to get blamed for it that's why they're doing this that's that you cannot convince me that president Putin know, knows what's going on president where's my applesauce has no clue oh but i'm not done with harris she also said this especially because remember also we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing. <laughs> what? Especially because... I, I, oh, wait, hold on a second. I, no, I had another bite from her. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, I got another bite from Kamala Harris. I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should... Yeah. Our education over here Makes in the sense. U.S. should help the U.S. Yes. Or should help yes. South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. Mm-hmm. So we will be able to build up our future yeah. for our children. Yeah, thank you for our children. Um, she might, Kamala Harris might be the dumbest person to ever occupy the vice presidency. And that's saying a lot because we've had some dumb ones. I mean, Dan Quayle was pretty dumb. He couldn't spell potato. Uh, let's see. Dave says, Leland, what Biden is doing is blaming Putin in advance for rising prices at the pump, even though up until now it's just been a temporary bump in the road, quote, meaning that's what they're calling it. Going forward, it will be Russia's fault. And as we all know, it only happened because Trump encouraged them. (laughs) Well said, Dave. Yeah, I mean, we were going to probably be paying four dollars a gallon by summer anyway. I don't because you don't you if you if you cut off our supply for energy um and you don't have a replacement for it and they don't then there's nowhere for gas prices to go but up. If you add to that rattling the sabers of war with a country that controls a pretty large portion of oil supply in the world, then yeah, you're going to have even more pain. So I don't even I don't need, I hesitate to even speculate how painful this could get for Americans because I can tell you right now and I'll just I'll say this they can say what they want they don't have any tools what tools do you have no no I mean seriously somebody text me five seven seven three nine what tools do they have you're gonna, you're gonna open the strategic oil reserve is that what you're gonna do and make prices go down for two cents for two days. We're going to have Governor Affordability, King Polis, successfully delay a gas tax that he championed and signed into law 
that will save us two cents a gallon until he's reelected and then he signs it into law after he's reelected? I mean, what what tools do you have that could significantly allow Americans to get back to work where they were paying less than $2 a gallon so we could get around and do what needs to be done and things don't have to cost so much, right? And again, I don't have any problem with transitioning to a new form of energy, but that form of energy has got to be cheap from the get-go for it to be a plausible deal between us and the suppliers of it. I mean, it's for, for, for Americans to say, okay, I'll buy that. It's got to be feasible economically. At the outset, from the get-go. And where is that? Where is that? So short of that, short of short of Biden opening the spigots on oil again, which we could do tomorrow and we could become energy independent again, short of that, what leverage do we have in this discussion? And then I would ask the cost that Americans would pay if it be higher prices at the pump. How much of that is caused by them cutting off our own spigot and then slapping one of the suppliers in the face? Because that's what they're doing. 630K How, Denver's talk station. It's funny, a little side conversation to all of this. Not a fan of the Obama administration in any way, shape, or form, but one thing that apparently happened uh, when Obama came to power in America was that he somebody had a conversation with him that was kind of like a come to Jesus moment where all of his idealism that he had from the outside. Suddenly, we ended up with a lot of people in government that not all of them. He had some very incompetent people in government and thus did a lot of damage with them. But he also had some relatively competent people in government. And I was just making the statement that while I wouldn't have felt super comfortable uh, I would have been a lot more comfortable under the Obama presidency had this taken place than I do under the President Putin and where's my uh, applesauce? Because that's, that's what this guy is inept. Joe Biden is absolutely inept and unqualified. And one heartbeat away from him is the equivalent of Miss Teen South Carolina 2007. I mean, just one of the dumbest dumb as a rock politicians I've ever seen in my life in Kamala Harris, incapable of answering a straight question with a straight answer, incapable of debating her way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, it was so we knew at the moment she should have never been considered as a potential vice presidential candidate. The moment that Tulsi Gabbard destroyed her in the debate, she had nothing. I mean, that should have been the end of her political career. And she should have gone back into the corporate or gone into the corporate world and then set herself up nicely there because there there is she has no business being involved in this administration in any way shape or form and they sent her and and what's interesting is side note to all of this that they sent her over to Europe to uh be a part of this last minute last ditched effort to try to stave off the invasion uh of Russia into the Ukraine and promptly there were leaks because her staff has been bailing on her left and right because she's so difficult to work for and there were leaks in a lot of the press I was reading over the weekend. This is what I do with my long weekends. I just keep working. But I was reading some of the reports because it was fascinating. And there were like people were leaking and they were like, yeah, uh, this was all just being done to uh, brush up her bona fides for politics. And even that blew up in her face, right? Because she just is incapable. That's why I played those sound bites for you. He's like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? Anyway, 
It's interesting too. I've been watching something else. It's kind of some stuff on social media that's that's been fascinating. And um, the Ukrainian citizens have armed up, and they are a they they have a like I don't really know what the term or what the name for it is in their language, but it's basically a Ukrainian citizens defense organization. It's very much like our our uh, National Guard or whatever, I guess, but it seems more loosely defined, and so people can volunteer for it, and then they get training. Apparently, we've been sending weapons. I don't know if we've been providing any training, but literally everyday <clears throat> ordinary citizens are training to protect their homes and their livelihoods and to have a sort of citizen-run resistance to this invasion, which means this could get really interesting really quick but a total side story to all of this this is why we have the second amendment this is why we have the second amendment not just for self-defense hunting or target shooting but as a way to actively resist losing our freedoms whether from outside or from within so it's an interesting side note. Coming up next hour, my friend Scott Jennings, one of the few voices of common sense on CNN, is going to join us. We're going to talk to him about this and some other things that have been in the news recently. I had a bunch of other stuff planned for today, but I think this Ukraine thing is kind of, you know, front topic A. So we'll get into it a little more next hour. I am Leland Conway, 630K, How Denver's Talk Station. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.